My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Welcome to our final West Coast edition of Mad Money, coming to you from San Francisco. Welcome to Kramerica. Other people want to make friends, I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain, but to teach you, including about places like this, and educate you. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. When you're picking stocks, you're making a bet on the future which means you need to understand the future. And that's why we come out here to Silicon Valley every year. They are possessed by the future here. They don't want to be trapped in the past, both because it's good for business and because it has the added advantage of being good for the planet. On a day where the Dow lost 269 points, S&P declined 0.14%, while the tech-heavy Nasdaq actually jumped 0.4%, it's easy to see the power of the future. That's how you pick the right stocks. I'm always helping you try to make money by any legal means necessary, whether I'm teaching you directly or being taught myself or, of course, teach you in the, in the investment club. But you're going to see real teaching when you see our visit to NVIDIA's headquarters earlier today. Wow. Mind-blowing. Now, if you have a sense, a good sense of the future, it's easy to identify possible winners, but there are all sorts of time frames for the future. When you see the NVIDIA tour, you'll get a vision of the distant future. Now, though, we need to deal with the closest future, which brings me, of course, to our game plan for next week. You know that most of today's downbeat action was caused by still one more dollop of COVID disaster, this time in Europe, with Austria going into shutdown mode. That put tremendous pressure on everything from travel and leisure to oil and gas and actually caused interest rates to go lower because of fears of less economic activity. To me, that whole thing, that whole decline felt incredibly excessive and I think wrong. Haven't we seen this movie before, people? Ever since the Delta variant arrived on the scene, every one of these COVID scares has turned out to be a buying opportunity. You realize that every single one, although few people seem to recognize this in the moment, it always makes you feel traumatized and eager to sell, except for the FANG stocks, which tend to rally. People dump everything else, though, from the financials, which actually need higher rates, to the travel, leisure, and entertainment stocks. You know what? I think the ones that were thrown away today are some of the best buys. Now, one way to ease that pain is to own something that can both thrive, even if the pandemic lingers, and do just fine if it goes away. Now, something that's DocuSign, the software company that lets you digitally seal the deal on contracts rather than doing it in person. Others think it's Palo Alto Networks, the cybersecurity company that we'll have on the show tonight, one that thrives in a hybrid work environment and whose stock I just, just think is terrific. But then there's Zoom Video, once the hottest stock in the metaverse, omniverse, and universe. But a total dog, I mean, jeez, just terrible. Since it peaked roughly a year ago. After this relentless decline, though, I'm starting to wonder I'm starting to wonder, isn't there a real buying opportunity here? It's certainly, you know, a terrific hedge if you're worried that COVID won't go away. Let's hear what they have to say when Zoom reports on Monday night, but they got a lot of cash, they got a lot of opportunities, a lot of options. We'll make a judgment. Tuesday, we get results from still more retailers, many of which should do well as long as they don't talk down margins. In particular, I'm betting Dick Sporting Goods and Best Buy will tell great stories, and they won't terrify you with tales of supply chain woes. We know that Dollar Tree is under siege from an activist hedge fund that wants them to generate better numbers. Maybe management's already turning things around, though. We're going to find out when they report Tuesday morning. Also in the morning, 
We need to hear what analog devices, one of the great Internet of Things companies in this era, has to say about the semi-shortage. I think ADI is in the catbird seat for the moment. See, Micron is up huge today. Very similar terms of book of business. Finally, after the close, we hear from Dell and HP Inc., two computer companies that keep churning away with great numbers. Even as they don't tend to get much, let's say, praise and fanfare, I expect them to both put up excellent numbers, as usual, while continuing to return lots of cash to their shareholders. Wednesday marks the unofficial start of Thanksgiving, and most companies know better than to report that day, but the government doesn't stop, and we get durable goods orders that might show you there is no slowdown in the cards for this economy. None! And inflation's going lower. Now, you know I've been a stalwart in saying that Jay Powell's right about inflation. I'm team transitory. This was the week that proved us right, with most commodities nosediving, led by oil. Wow, those stocks got killed. No rate hikes necessary. But that doesn't mean we've beaten the supply chain conundrum. It doesn't mean that gross margins aren't being killed by the cost of commodities being shipped. As we get to the official start of the holiday buying season, we need to get used to hearing more stories about the supply chain that stole Christmas. But the bottom line, don't forget, there are plenty of companies where these supply chain mishaps simply don't matter, including nearly every tech company we heard from this week, again, while tech's doing better than the rest of the market. It's a real good buy list that we got for you when you take a look at our shows this week. So don't forget these interviews when the pessimists try to scare you away from the stock market. I have an idea. On our last day here, I say we take calls. Let's go to Michelle in Ohio. Michelle. Hello, Mr. Kramer from Columbus, Ohio. Oh, hey, Michelle, how you doing? Thanks so much for taking the call. Of um, course. I'm looking for your insight on Ring Central ticker RNG. I feel like it's kind of fallen out of favor. Michelle, it's done that. It's done worse than that. It's just unbelievable. People have given up on Ring Central entirely. Uh, I think that the competition has gotten very steep in that business. They used to have it to themselves. I think this whole combination, as we're going to hear from Zoom on Monday, is just uh, let's just say it cuts into the margins of these companies, and that's what people are worried about, whether it's happening yet or not. I can advise you to stay with it, though. Uh, it's under too much pressure, and I don't think it's necessarily going to bottom here. Can we go to Brad in Florida, please? Brad. Hi. Uh, this is Brad in Florida. I just had a question. In July, I purchased a stock for like 45% return on it, and I want to know if I should buy, sell, hold, or just play with the house's money. It's Snowflake. All right, Brad, I have to tell you, Snowflake is one of my absolute favorite companies. Uh, if you have made a lot of money, I would take a little bit off. Why? Because it does. it is the most richly valued stock of the companies I follow. However, it is a great company. If you don't want to tell, take any off, I understand that. But bulls make money, bears make money, and hogs, well, hogs, they get slaughtered. A little off, let rest run. I need to go to Corey in Illinois. Corey. Oh, hold it. Let's go to Jay in Wisconsin. Jay. Booyah, Jim. I'm a big Booyah. fan of your show. This is Thank Jay Collin from the University of Wisconsin Stout. Yes! I bought, yes! I bought Wayfair a year ago, and I'm wondering if I should sell, hold, or uh, add to my position. Um, I think that Wayfair is a good uh, a good position going into the holiday and a bad one out. So why don't you tell, take some off this week, this week coming, and take a little bit off the next, and then you can see what happens. But it's not my favorite stock. As a matter of fact, my favorite stock in that area is Williams-Sonoma. And that, I think, is a better buy. How about we now go to Corey in Illinois, because I can now see. You don't realize there's a lot of lights here that make it so I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, don't want to do it with my eyes. I know what I'm doing with this. Let's go to Corey in Illinois. Corey! Hey, Jim. This is Corey from Chicago. How are we doing today? 
I am doing well, thank you. The bell is tolling for you, Corey. All righty, all righty, love to hear it. Well, uh, I wanted to take you out of the country a little bit and ask you about the Australian software company Atlassian. Uh, ticker is Team. I uh, had them for about a year and a half or so. Um, just wanted to see what your feedback was. Uh, they pulled back a little bit over the last week. I think those guys are brilliant. I think Atlassian is fantastic. And I've got to tell you, uh, Mark Benioff introduced me to them, the sales, head of Salesforce. And I have just said, wow, is this a great, terrific team. And congratulations. We've been waiting. You're the 10th caller who got the bell ringing during the show. Thank you very much. All right, guys, there are plenty of companies where supply chain issues simply don't matter like most of the tech companies, which is why they have been such great buys. It's a real good buy list that you got this week. And remember, when the pessimists try to scare you out of the stock market. Well, man, tonight, another day, another new all-time high for, of course, Palo Alto Networks. I've got the CEO fresh over earnings. Find out about how the cybersecurity business stands to benefit from the renewed focus on data protection and network security. Then, more than just chips, you won't want to miss my sit-down with NVIDIA's visionary CEO, where we hit on everything from the Omniverse to AI to autonomous driving. And will the supply chain disaster steal Christmas, as I said earlier? Well, not for everyone. I'm getting a read on retail from none other than the CEO of Williams-Sonoma. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Oh, hum, another day, another new all-time high for the stock of Palo Alto Networks. Palo Alto Networks, the cybersecurity powerhouse that reported a clean, beaten raise quarter last night. This stock has been a fabulous long-term winner for us. And I think it's going to keep winning because the rise of the hybrid workplace means businesses need to spend more money protecting their networks and because the CEO saw a lot of what's going on in cybersecurity happening way ahead of everybody else. So let's take a closer look with Nikesh Arora. He's the bankable chairman and CEO of Palo Alto Networks to learn about the quarter and where his company's headed. Mr. Arora, welcome. Welcome back to Man Money. Thank you for having me again, Jim. All right, Nikesh, you made a habit. It's three and a half years. It just keeps happening. You saw it coming two ways. You saw the, what the bad guys were going to go up to, and you also saw that you couldn't just be in cloud and couldn't just be in what we call on-prem. On first of all, I want to know how you did it. And second, I want to know what would have happened if you hadn't changed. Well, first of all, Jim, it is such a pleasure to do this in person. You know, even from this <laughs> know. distance, it's thank wonderful you. after two years thank to be able to do this. Thank so you. thank you for having me. Thank now, you. Look, three and a half years ago, when I came from the outside in, I knew nothing about cybersecurity, oh. nothing about enterprise, but a few things were clear. One, I spent 10 years at Google. I could see the cloud right. because Google was one of the three people who's built the cloud opportunity. So I could see the cloud and said, look, it doesn't matter. When somebody gets really good at building something, other people are eventually gonna fold and end up adopting the cloud. So we've gotta go where the puck is going. So we have gotta build a cloud security capability bar none. Otherwise, people will complain of fragmentation in our industry, but it's fragmented because only one person doesn't give you all the solutions. So we set, about 20, set up about 24 months ago, building this capability, and I'm delighted to see, I think we're 18 to 24 months ahead of anybody you're in the cloud. You're now the security. largest yes. in the cloud. The largest. You didn't have great cloud, and now you're the largest. Second, you told me 
it pretty much through the beginning of the pandemic that there's going to be people in a hybrid work environment. And I said, what the heck is that? And then I read your essay. You knew about this. How did you know? How did you know they wouldn't come back? Well, you know, somebody told me it takes 20 days to form a habit. And after 20 days, a new habit is formed. Today, a new habit is formed. Literally, I can try and call people. I have an all hands. There's a guy sitting in his car. I said, what are you doing? I'm picking up my daughter from her soccer game, but I'm paying attention. Now imagine, three years ago, that couldn't happen. You're talking to the CEO of the company, and you're in your car picking up your child from soccer. And we're all cool with it. Right? We're, cool. we're meeting customers on Zoom. People say, you know what? Don't come see me. I prefer Zoom. Right. This stuff would not have happened three years ago. So we've all built this habit where we are happy to be not constrained, show up somewhere from 8 to 5 or 8 to 6. That's the old days of the punch card. We all have to be at the same time because we had to make sure the factory line would start working and one person didn't show up. It's not that today. Well, so, well, people also tell me, well, wait a second. Hybrid's really bad. It's the most dangerous place. The home is the most dangerous place. Well, you thought of that too? Well, you know, Jim, uh, I know you don't, you don't, you don't show products in your show. Uh, this thing's just attached to me. This is my home security device. I never leave home without it. So this is the Okio. This is what we built for protecting people's homes. And really excited about this because you're right. The perimeter of the enterprise has moved to your house and my house. So the future edge of the network is where everybody's working from. That's your home. That's your Starbucks. That's your your branches of your offices. That's your. That's your data, your sort of your campus. So the, the pyramid is everywhere. We've got to make sure to protect it everywhere. And it, it's working 167-figure deals this quarter, which is astounding. It's not even your strongest quarter, typically, seasonally. Well, you know what's funny, Jim? This is our best first quarter in five years. We grew at 32% on revenue. The company hasn't gone 32% in revenue in a long time. So we're actually accelerating at scale, which is the most fun part of this. Now, of course, the bad guys are helping, right? I mean, the stories are legion, and it seems like a lot of these are companies that chose not to spend enough. Well, what's happened is, you know, we're still an uneven playing field. The attacks are more broad-based. People look for supply chain attacks, i.e. not the supply chain of chip, right. but this is supply chain across the board where if I have vulnerability and I'm installed in 1,000 customers, I can attack any one of them. And the mean time for the bad actor to get in once they find out there's a vulnerability is five hours. You've got to find a way of protecting yourself under five hours if you have a vulnerability. People are just not trained to go patch their stuff in five hours. So you're going to have to move to the cloud. You're going to have to be secure nowhere. I can patch you in under a minute. Uh, you know what I think of you? I think you're a sassy guy. <laughs> what does sassy that mean? That's funny. funny. You like that? A little I cyber like, humor? Very good, Come very on. Good, very good, yeah. Cyber is not a humorous place, but you did a good job. Sassy. You know? Secure access, secure edge, which means, the, you know, it's kind of, if you remember the old days, you had an IBM computer, there was a mainframe, and we all had terminals. It was secure. Yeah. Because you couldn't do anything except work in your terminal, <laughs> and that's all the access you had. And then this company came around where it was selling your client server. Now the world is going to climb server. Everything is at the edge. Right. So you have to protect the edge. You've got to make sure that the way you access your network is secure. So secure access, secure edge. And we are now the best product in the SASE space. Our fastest growing opportunity, driven by the pandemic, driven by the hybrid environment we're working in, and driven by the fact that everybody's going to the cloud. This is something we caught two and a half years ago, and I'm so happy we're here. All right, last question. There was a time when I think there were very uh, low-level people at different companies that dealt with this. I bet you you now speak with CEO uh, before anything's done, and the CEO calls you and says, listen, man, could that have been prevented? How do I prevent it? Get here fast. It's CEO to CEO at this point, isn't it? Well, no, I think we're getting to CIOs. I, I was telling people that in the last 90 days, me and my leadership team have met more CIOs That's what to I love. protect them. In three years, than, right? Than I did in three years. 
The CEOs are not there yet, but I will tell you this, very interesting, Jim, and you heard it here first. We at Palo Alto Networks established a security committee on our board this week because we think it's a topic that the board needs to pay attention to. So we have to. audit committee, we have nominating committee, now we have security committee? Secu- it's a committee of one, my entire independent director of our security committee, because we're in the security business, they need to make sure I'm secure. Because if I get hacked, all hell breaks loose. So this is what happened with supply chain attacks, right? So we've got a security committee. I bet you in three to five years, 30 to 50% of the S&P will have to have a security well, committee. Well, won't they, could you have a consulting division? Because there aren't enough people who could sit on a board who would know enough. Well, you know, what's the point of a board? The board is supposed to help you in governance, and the most important part of governance is risk management, and the most important risk is cybersecurity. So you got to find people who know this stuff. Well, they got to find Nikesh Arora. That's Nikesh Arora, the chairman and CEO of Palo Alto Networks, who early on schooled me about who could be the best in the business. I, initially, I didn't take the bait, but it turned out it wasn't bait at all. It was just correct. Man, buddy's back into the break. Coming up, the industry is roiling with supply chain scares. Is NVIDIA's record quarter a sign of semiconductor resurgence? Kramer's got the CEO next. What can I even say about NVIDIA? A stock I like so much that we own it for the charitable trust. And I even renamed my dog after it. On Wednesday night, the world's largest semiconductor company delivered a truly blowout quarter, 50% revenue growth, 60% earnings growth, and a phenomenal sales forecast for the next quarter blew everybody away. But the thing about NVIDIA is that as great as their gaming and data center businesses right now, the future is even more exciting because their chips will power everything from artificial intelligence to autonomous driving to the metaverse, although these guys call it the omniverse, so so will I. Earlier today, we took a pilgrimage to NVIDIA's astounding headquarters in Santa Clara, California, where we spoke to the visionary founder and CEO, Jensen Wong. Take a look. Okay, so Jensen, the secret here is that you have gaming, which you dominate, data center, which you dominate, and professional visualization, which you dominate. Now, all three of these are very lucrative, and all three of these are in great demand. Yeah, we're really, we're really um, uh, doing some really great work in, in uh, all these different fields. In, in the world of computer graphics, we reinvented a 35-year-old industry with a brand new technology, and it's a fusion of ray tracing, which has been the, 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 the holy grail of computer graphics for a long time, simulating light instead of just painting a good picture, and then second, using artificial intelligence to uh, realize that realism. The second thing that that we're doing incredibly well is the simulation of physics, the simulation of intelligence, what other people call artificial intelligence. Intelligence. It's it's a simulation problem. So we're simulating light, we're simulating worlds, we're simulating physics, and we're simulating intelligence. In in sense why uh, Overwatch, uh, Legend, Fortnite, they all need you because otherwise things are flat, no shadow, they're not realistic. We make computer graphics a lot more realistic, a lot more beautiful. Okay, when I get into a data center, why does everyone want your product? What is the difference between your product and somebody else's? Every company wants to simulate the future. Right. Every company wants to simulate the future. They want to simulate uh, how their logistics is going to perform in the near future. Uh, They want to simulate uh, how this product will perform uh, in a crash test, so they don't have to do so many of them. They want to simulate, for example, what's the best route of delivering goods to their customers. Yes. 
Every company wants to simulate, and simulation is at the core of so many industries. Well, you have said yeah. that there are 25 million restaurants, uh, retailers, and you talk about train, airport, where the same thing's done that could be done better by uh, a virtual you. And you can program that person when I drive up to a fast food and, I, and that person asks me what I want, and that person's artificial, but is better than the real thing. Well, it's better because, it, number one, uh, it interacts with you in real time, and so it's very responsive. It never gets tired. Uh, it could be the brand ambassador of the company. Language? So the language, it could speak in every single language. It could uh, recognize all the accents. And, and it just doesn't make mistakes. And so, so I think that, that, that um, uh, the ability to, to apply artificial intelligence to a field like customer service, uh, at this moment, when, when there's so much remoting going on, when, when we're trying to keep people safe, uh, when there's just not enough um, uh, uh, people to support the customer right. services uh, uh, industry, I, I think we have an opportunity to make a big difference. Well, tell me about inference. Tell me about how I can have a computer when I make a joke, or let's say, go to the back. That the, the, that the computer knows where it is and can make it so that that is something that is worthwhile commercially. Well, when you, when you um, say go to the bank, you could mean go to the river bank, or you could go to the money bank. And so there, there are different, different things that you can mean. It depends on the person who's saying it. Mm -hmm. It depends on the context by which you're saying it. And so we, we've developed AIs that now understand not just, not just recognize the words that are spoken, not just recognize the sentences that are formed, but in the context of the overall conversation, it recognizes the intent. And so intent, in the intent. Which is yeah. a human concept. You could be in a car and you could say, turn it down. And depending on what's up, what's on, it would turn it down. Like no, for example- just millions of calculations versus just flat? What are well, we doing here? It takes, a, it takes a lot of calculations. Just takes, to be able to know something that idiomatic. It takes a lot of calculations. It has to be trained on so much human knowledge that it turns into common sense. But it learns yeah. common sense? It learns common and sense. And can it be taught to be like, like you do with a dog where you give it a cookie? Like the good job? Well, it's exactly like that. In fact, uh, we call it stochastic gradient descent. Uh, whenever whenever an, an, an artificial intelligence takes a guess at what the right answer is, if it's, if it's the right answer, we say, good job. If it's the wrong answer, we also give it a mathematical way to improve itself. We call that stochastic gradient descent. It's well, a mathematical me, way of saying, um, yeah. not so good, but okay. this is how you could do it better. Now, it, yeah. That can be translated to a lot of different ways. How about if I go into a factory, a giant factory, and I, my, and I recognize that there's waste, but I don't know how to solve the waste equation. Can you solve it for them? The vast majority of companies today waste too much. We waste too much in the grid. We waste too much with electromagnetic radio, radio waves and uh, cell phone radios. Uh, we waste too much materials because we can't simulate the logistics and the manufacturing logistics. So we waste a whole bunch of things um, to overcompensate for the fact that we don't simulate. We want to simulate all factories in metaverses, in this omniverse. We want to simulate plants in omniverse. We want to simulate the world's power grids in the omniverse. And by doing that, we could improve, uh, the, the, well, we could decrease the amount of waste, and that's the reason why the economics are so good for companies. They're willing to invest a small amount of money to buy into this artificial intelligence capability, but what they save is hopefully hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars.
Right. Now, let's say I am a fast food company. I'm listening to this interview. Shouldn't I pick up the phone and call you and say, because I realize that there's one extra person whom I can't, the job I can't fill. It's not like you're throwing people out of work. There's far more jobs than there are people. But you are solving a major problem for so many customer service facing companies. Every single drive through every single fast food restaurant, every single retail store, um, we should have automated avatars agents that represent your brand and we can teach this character how to be your brand and understand your business and provide excellent customer support all over the place. Now these are basic uh, tenets of NVIDIA. Like uh, you're understanding democratizing scientific computing and that translates into great business, doesn't it? When you, I mean, it's a you, pedestrian to talk with you about business. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, hey look, uh, it, it is the business that fuels our ambition to make a contribution. I mean, you still want to make the yeah. best video games. You want to make the hypercomputer a room. You want it to be super fast, everything great, right? Not you want to make a, not it on your Not a fun. day goes by but, where the business excellence of this company doesn't create the potential, the future for our but company. But there's also, you are yeah. a whimsical person to some degree. If it isn't fun, do you still want to do it? Well, look, uh, there, there, there are the, the intersection between uh, fun things and commerce, what do you and impactful things for the world, okay. and commerce. The intersection is rich. It is not an empty set. And do you it wake, up every, do you wake a, up every morning thinking about the or get up in the middle of the night yeah. thinking, okay, today there's a problem. It is solvable through math, through imagination, and I'm going to solve it. Yeah, every morning we wake up with 10,000 of them and we have to that. prioritize the top three. Yeah. Well, that's why, that's why NVIDIA is the greatest company. We have a, we have a list there of is. things we want to go do that is, you know, 10, 20,000 deep. Wow. And, yeah. and 20 years out. And 20, well, and hopefully 50 years out. You know, and I'll, years. And I'll, so I'll, last I'll, time I saw you was 20. No, 20 years, that's nothing. I'll still, <laughs> I'll still be here. You know, mo mo most CEOs serve term. I serve life, you know. And so, Chancellor Mark, founder and CEO of NVIDIA. Thank you so much, sir. It's great to have you. Coming up, innovation and denim go together better than you might think. Find out why this company has the genes for success. Next. At a time when retail's on fire, I think some of these stocks have a lot more room to run. Take Levi Strauss and Company, the denim-focused apparel company that reported a blowout quarter a little more than a month ago. In addition to riding a denim renaissance, Levi's also has a huge sustainability angle. That's right. They've got incredible technology that they use to make jeans with fewer resources, less waste. Given that we're out here in their hometown, we took time to speak with Chip Berg, the president and CEO of Levi Strauss and Company. Take a look. Chip, welcome back to Man Money. It's great to be here, Jim. Welcome to San Francisco, my oh, hometown. Thank you for having me. Great to have you here. Well, when we talked to you last, we said that we wanted to talk about the incredible efforts and the rigor that you apply to ESG, uh, to climate. These are things that are, you're passionate about, community. But I have to, just because Levi's iconic brand, it seems to me that the consumer is the strongest that I can recall. And since denim is in fashion and your brand never went out of fashion, are you seeing the same thing I'm thinking? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, consumers are, there was a lot of pent up demand because of the pandemic. The home balance sheet has probably not been stronger than this in a real long time. You know, Macy's and Kohl's just released their results yesterday and crushed it. 
And uh, actually, Kohl's called us out twice during their call. So our brand is really, really strong. We're expecting a really strong uh, holiday season, and, and it's all being fueled by a super strong consumer right now. Now, is the consumer uh, at the correct weight yet? You were the first one that told us about the weight change I in did. America. Well, you know, if you're in the apparel business, you look for anything that's going to drive consumption <laughs> and a changed waist size. About 40% of Americans have changed their waist size, some up, some down. But that, you know, drives you to have to go out and update your wardrobe. And that combined with a new denim silhouette, which is really driving a right, new denim right. cycle, is really the, the tailwind behind our business This stuff right is now. great. I mean, I don't know if anyone else has tried besides, well, I'm sure, millions of people, but I love this stuff. I yeah. just love it. Now, I want to talk about an issue that you, I, I think, probably have among the best uh, rigor toward, which is your sustainability, your report. And I want to start from the point of view that this is not anything that's touchy-feely. This seems every bit as rigorous as the financials that you offer us. It is. Well, I mean, stepping back, you know, I think a big part of our story over the last 10 years is the discipline by how we've been running the company. And um, ESG is no exception. Um, we think we've got a great story to tell on ESG. We just released our very first sustainability report. Um, uh, about a month ago, and um, we framed our ESG efforts, uh, it's more than just climate, we framed it around what we're calling the three C's, climate, consumption, and community. And we have strong efforts going against each one, and I can tick down lists Please and do. give examples. Please do, come on, okay, so, this is so important. Yeah, Chip. so, you know, climate, we're facing an existential crisis here today. A couple of fun facts, consumers today, globally, are buying twice the amount of apparel than they did just 15 years ago. And consumers are throwing their apparel away twice as fast oh, as they used to. Geez. Um, so, uh, and that really drives the, the important notion of consumption. Right now, our advertising on air is called Buy Better, Wear Longer, which taps into a real consumer insight uh, and we're seeing this particularly with the young consumers, the Gen Z consumers, that they want to buy less product, buy high quality product that they can dress up or dress down and keep it for a real long time. That's in our wheelhouse. That's what Levi's is. Levi's was the first sustainable brand ever launched. The 501. A, the 501 almost 150 years ago for miners here uh, during the gold rush. And, and it was its proposition was it's gonna last you longer. If you were a miner and had to leave the mine because your pants ripped, you were out of money. So, um, so we were the first sustainable brand. We are all about quality that never goes out of style. Um, so there's a focus on consumption, on climate. We're very focused on reducing chemicals in our supply chain, reducing water consumption in our supply chain. We're building a new distribution center in Europe that is gonna be net positive from both a climate standpoint and a water standpoint. And we're doing a lot on the community side, for focusing first and foremost on our own employees. We've launched paid family leave. We had paid sick leave for all of our retail employees during the pandemic because I didn't want people to feel like they had to choose between staying home if they were sick or coming in to, to work. Well, but if that's the case, I bet you didn't have to scramble to find new employees because you never lost the other ones. That's right? right. Well, actually, you know, we did. We had to lay employees off because our doors were closed for 10 weeks in the early days of the pandemic. But they all came back. They all came and, back. Isn't that great? You know, they love the brand. They're our best ambassadors, our best spokespeople. 
I'm super proud of what our frontline team has done through the pandemic. Can the corporations, you and I both talk about the idea that business is the greatest force of social change. Can the corporations out here uh, try to help what we have to acknowledge is a bit of a, I don't want to call them homeless, that's not right, but an area where there are people who are troubled and don't seem to be able to have a, a roof over their head. I don't know what's going on here, but can you get involved? Yeah, this is, I mean, especially in this city, I mean, it's, uh, it is a real, uh, it's a pandemic of its own kind. And, it, it, you know, the underlying issue is fundamentally a mental health issue. The city is doing a lot and we're partnering with the city and, and other companies. Salesforce is very, very active. As you know, Mark has been super active on this. And we have partnered with, uh, with, with other companies here in the city to try, and make, try to make a difference. Um, we also partner with a couple of nonprofits where this is a big focus area for them. But we are really strong believers to, to focus on making a difference in the communities where we live and work around, around the world. And this being our headquarters, it's a big focal point. And last us. question, I'm sure that when people are trying to, if they want to be in apparel, uh, younger people, I bet it's the first thing they ask about to you, right? Is what? The first thing they ask. What oh, are you doing? Community. Yeah. What are you doing? Climate. Absolutely. I mean, it, this is so important. I, you know, San Francisco is, there's a talent war happening everywhere. Yes. You know, newsflash, the talent has won. I heard somebody say the other day. But um, one of the things that really helps us are the values of our company and the fact that we're not afraid to take stands on right. things, that we're doing the right thing for planet Earth. It helps us retain great talent, it helps us attract great talent, and it is a difference maker for us. I'm thrilled, I know that, you know we love the stock, we've loved it, and when that you got that dip down to 16, that was crazy! That's right. What an amazing opportunity. You well, called it. Well, no, no, I just had some help too. Matt Boss helped me too from uh, JP Morgan, gotta do credit where credit's due. But I wanna thank Chip Berg, President and CEO of Levi, L-E-V-I, at $28. I think it's got a lot more ahead. Man, money's back into the break. Coming up, a storm is coming. So give us a call. Kramer's got the answers to all your burning questions. The lightning round is next. It is time! It is time for a very special Simpsons edition of the lightning round. Man, my ass, we came close right before you say the news. You said, my don't let's close the way you play the and then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Skeet Daddy? Time for the lightning round. Coming over Drew in Connecticut. Drew! Booyah, brother Jim. Oh, Long time booyah. Fan of the show. show says hi. What's up? Yes. From the, from the land of the uh, past and future Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots. Future, yeah. You didn't get me Long, many points last night. Go ahead. Longtime fan of the show and now a member of the CNBC Investing Club. Yes! Love the, love the updates. The, the staff is great. The email... Updates are great in detail. Love them. Thank you. We're most interactive, and I just thank you so much for joining the club. Everyone should join. What's up? Well, I had some shares of the X1 company, which was acquired by Desktop Metal here recently, and now I want to know what you think of ticker symbol DM moving forward. Okay, now listen, this is really important. This is a pure spec on 3D, but I happen to like it more than DDD. Why? Because it's only a couple of bucks. Now, you can lose the whole thing. Remember that. But I like the fact that it's a pure spec. If you purchase it that way, you're in good shape. Glenn in New Jersey. Glenn. Booyah, Jim. How Booyah, you doing? Glenn. Uh, a longtime fan. Appreciate everything you do. Thank Got a you. question for you. 
have Marathon Digital, and I've been buying. Well, remember, we're just paying crypto. I'd rather just yeah, actually own crypto. I have always been candid. I own Ethereum. It's been good to me. But to, why do I know that? It, how do I know that it goes up? And why do I know? I don't know. Let's go to Luke in Colorado. Luke. Booyah, Jimmy Chill. Booyah. Chill in the house. San Francisco style. What's up? I always get mixed uh, mixed uh, signals from you on these SPACs, so I got a SPAC for you. Air sale, ticker A-S-L-E. Yeah, it's like an aviation thing. I mean, what's the matter with owning Boeing? I mean, Boeing is owned by a club, by Machado Trust. We talk about it all the time. The stock got clobbered today. That's the opportunity. That's where I would go. Now I'm going to Allen in Indiana. Allen. Booyah, Jimmy. Yo, yo, what's happening? You are amazing. I watch you all the time. Well, thank you. I, Tell my wife, I, will I you? think you're fantastic. All right, thank you. Thank so, you. Uh, I hope you have a nice Thanksgiving, and I'm you calling too. about Joby Aviation. Oh, man, it's SPAC City here. I need uh, the SPAC report. I need a uh, favor. No, I, if you went a SPAC in that line, you know what? Uh... I'll give you Blade. I think Blade's in an expensive stock. I like them. All right, let's go to David in Florida. David. Hey, how's it going, Supreme Leader Kramer? Oh, I'm doing okay. How about you? Doing pretty good. Been watching you since I was like 14 or 15. So. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so not bad. Gonna change You're probably like 80 want- now. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. I want to ask you got? about the stock. Curiosity stream, D-U-R-I. Uh, Curiosity killed the cat. I, mean, I don't know, these entertainment companies, oh, they're all down right now. Um, if you want to know an entertainment company that I actually like, it's Disney. Boy, that's the most hated stock in the Omniverse. But that's okay. I'm sticking with it. And I'm going to give a talk about it when I do my club talk. Because you know what? The people who are selling it, they're taking a three-minute view. I'm taking a 30-year view. Let's go to Nick in New Jersey. Nick. Booyah, Jim. Nick from Scott Place. How are you, sir? God, man, they, they cheated against me in Scott Place. We still beat him playing soccer. We still beat him. All right, that's not, I'm not playing anymore. Anyway, Jim, I'm, I'm calling to ask about Vuzix Corporation. Ticker is V-U-Z-I. They market and sell augmented reality glasses. I, I know. It's a spec, spec, spec. They're trying. I think that people are thinking that it's a, that it's a guarantee. If you want to speculate in that business, I'm okay with it. But other than that, no thank you. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of our very special San Francisco Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. The market can be very fickle. I mean, for instance, let's take Williams-Sonoma. Last night, the best-of-breed home goods retailer reported just a magnificent quarter. I mean, up and down, I studied this thing. 17% same-store sales growth. Wall Street's only looking for 12, along with some impressive margin expansion of huge race forecasts. Yet the stock initially sold off and then rebounded. We can't think of it short-term. I think this was a terrific result, and it's simply just true. Williams-Sonoma, the stock, came in too hot. It was up 115% for the year and going into earnings. But do not take it from me about this buying opportunity. Let's check in with Laura Albert. She's the president and CEO of Williams-Sonoma. Get a better read on the quarter and what comes next and how things are going. Ms. Albert, welcome back to Made Money. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right, so we got a big holiday coming up. And I think of it as a national holiday devoted to home, friendship, and food. That sounds to me like Williams-Sonoma holiday. Absolutely. You know, last year was the year that the holidays were forgotten pretty much. I mean, did you have turkey for two? It was a bit of a depressing season. Yeah. This year, people are dying to get back together and celebrate. And, 
you know, decorate their homes and gift giving and all those great things that we didn't get to do last year. Now, we can do that through the 60, more than 60% of your company that is Omnichannel, or yeah. we can go to the stores where there's beautiful displays and people get some great ideas. Right. I think both really work well together, and we're seeing that in our numbers. I mean, our, our retail traffic is still not where it was, yet our retail comps are phenomenal, and I, I, I think it's going to continue because people want to go see this stuff, but they also want the ease of shopping online. But they also want another way. You told me actually more than four years ago, that we'd all be looking at, it wasn't called Omniverse, it was kind of a, I don't know, a hologram of your home, and it would have Williams-Sonoma goods. Well, that became a reality, didn't it? So we bought a company called Outward four years ago when it wasn't that popular so that we could render our products in 3D models at scale, not just a couple, but the whole assortment. So we have full coverage of our assortment. So back to, if you want to buy online, that's great. We have a great online experience. You want to go to the stores, sit and get design services from our team, super. But if your avatar, Jim, wants to shop in the Omniverse, we're going to hope that you just buy our products in the Omniverse, you know, because we have them covered. Well, uh, my daughter, I wasn't the Omniverse, but it was reality she bought everything. And the one thing that I recognize is that one of the first things she said was they were sustainable. That's why I picked them. There's some other companies. I'm not going to slam on here that you get online. Who knows what they are? You care tremendously. And it's not just, of course, because you're good for sales. It's you. Well, your team. It's, it, the team is amazing. We've been at this for a long time. We've been very close to our product production and design. We're one of the only people who design their own products and we manufacture and source it. And, you know, you got to go in and feel good about what you're doing. And it's been a huge benefit to us, not just from consumers who look in and say, I appreciate it, but also the workers in those factories. And we've talked about fair trade, but I just recently heard a story, Jim, that actually our fair trade premiums allowed our vendors overseas to bring their their, their people back easier than other factories because they took care of them because of the premiums during COVID. Well, also, a lot of people tell me, oh, woe is me, I can't find workers. Well, how about if you didn't lay them off? You've got them still, and they're going to be loyal arrestors for as long as they want to work, correct? That's right. It's important. I think you've got to treat people with respect. And, you know, it, nobody really wanted to go out there and look for another job. If you're an incredible store manager, that's what you do, and you worked your way up. And it was so great that they were able to stay on with us and then innovate and do things like we talked about, design chat, design services online, not just you know, helping us get the goods out. Well, one of the reasons why I think that it's ridiculous, why I've liked your stock so much, does have a pattern of going down after report, after a great quarter, take a look, it's like this, is that you do have one of the great macro trends of our time going for you, the housing market, then overlay the hybrid office housing market. And again, it comes back to Williams-Sonoma's wheelhouse. Right. I mean, people are getting increasingly more comfortable with hybrid. I don't think it's either or. I think it's and. And that's great because if you're at home even one day a week or half day, you're working shorter hours and coming home and doing some of it early morning, you are going to care more about what your house looks like. Right. And, you know, at the same time, people are going out to dinner, but they're also, they've learned how to cook. I know. They've learned how to cook. And I also, something that you're doing that I love, aside from your loyalty program, which is first party, I like that, subscription. What a great business description. Tell us about that, especially for the holidays. So I I think innovation is always important. It's not just the website. It's where you show up. Right. And, you know, whether it's an app, and we have a great kids app, we have a registry app, and now we have a recipe app. Right. You know, and it's such an obvious because we have all this content and recipes that we wrote for cookbooks through the years, but we never figured out a way to get it in a modern way to our customers other than our website. The last thing is that this was a lamp. I don't know why. I mean, it should have been done a long time ago, but people didn't have the, I think they didn't have the imagination. They're letting you into the office. You're doing business to business. Yes. It's It's a big, big opportunity.
Now, what do they do? Do they bring your designers in? Do people know they have designers that can come in and so help? We don't just um, make our product contract grade. What we're also doing is that we're designing for you. So, for example, if you're doing a big hotel and you want a certain type of table or a certain type of bed, we'll work with you to design it. And we'll do it from the rug to the curtains to the bed. And, you know, we're looking at all new opportunities there. I mean, sky's the limit, I think, on this business. It's a big market. And do they care about sourcing responsibility? I mean, Absolutely. one of the things I saw you when I, you were at my conference, I didn't know that wood could be sourced irresponsibly, but yeah. it can be, correct? Yeah, and people do really care. It's sometimes a part of when they're building something, the requirements in that building. Well, look, I bet you're going to have a great holiday season. Thank you. That's what I always count on you to do, and you always do. That's Laura Albers. She's the president and CEO of Williams-Sonoma. Again, stock down, opportunity. Take a look at that chart. It has been the way for as long as she's been there. And that's a wrap on an incredible week out west. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere. I promise I'll find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Kramer. See you Monday back east. 